This is the Andy Social Podcast, episode 179, with Ralph Sutton of the SDR Show and Gas Digital Network. But before we kick into the episode, if we haven't met before, yes, this is the introduction. <laughs> My name is Andy Dowling, and in addition to hosting this podcast, I'm also the bass player for the Australian metal band Lord. And if you love a bit of old school heavy metal, you can go to lord.net.au or you can go to lord.net.au slash united where our first single, track one, from our upcoming album, Fallen Idols, and the song's called United, Welcome Back. You can go over there and check that out over at lord.net.au slash united. The video clip's there. The track listing for the Australian edition of the album is there. Some information about the release. Uh, no release date just yet. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to have a great podcast about this one day, um, but it is coming in 2019, so just uh, hang hang on to your hats. But uh, in the meantime, go over, go over and check out the new single. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook book as well. Um, share it around, tag some mates, do a bit of social media love. A bit of people power will go a long way and it'll mean a hell of a lot to me. And um, I usually leave this to the end of the episode itself, but a quick couple of call to actions. Um, if you leave a review anywhere on the internet, it doesn't have to be good. It can be good, bad, indifferent, whatever. I just want people talking about the band. If you want to leave a review anywhere on the internet about any of our releases um, over the years, um, do so. Sh- send me a screenshot, and I'm going to send you a little uh, gift pack in the mail just to, to help us out because we need people talking about the band leading up to the release of the new album. In addition to that, uh, if you're going to any metal show or rock show or whatever um, over the coming month or so, uh, please take a photo of yourself at the show wearing your Lord T-shirt. Send it to me, and once again, I'm going to send out a little care pack in the mail as well, just to say thank you. Um, it's all branding. It's all getting the name out in front of people, getting us back into conversation again. It's been a little while since our last studio album, so we're really pumped to be able to uh, sort of really kick off a great campaign once we've got that release date locked in. So in the meantime, uh, the more that people are talking about us, the better. So go over and do that. Shoot me some details, and I will uh, flick you out little thank yous in the mail. Um, lord.net.au slash united. Cheers. Now, um, I also host a second podcast called The Self-Starter Podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. So depending on what floats your boat, um, you could have your own business or wish that you could start one. You might have a really cool way of earning a bit of extra pocket money, a little side hustle, a little weekend gig, or an after-hours gig, whatever it might be, um, or you're a freel- freelancer, whatever it might be, uh, self-starter might be for you, or you might know somebody that might really take an interest in self-starter. So go over to selfstarter.com.au. You can search for self-starter in your podcast player. Season two will kick off in June. I'm still looking for a couple of guests to round off season two. So if you've got any suggestions, flick them over, and I'm more than happy to consider them for season two. But um, I've already got some great uh, guests uh, already recorded and lined up for the second season. So really looking forward to sharing it. Season one is already out there and you can find that on all of the uh, usual podcast haunts. But uh, there you go, all the plugs. Shout out time. Every week, I think one legend that supports me and the podcast can be a range of different ways. It could be big, amazing things like donating a fuck ton of money to me <laughs> via the, oh, sorry guys, um, via the uh, beer shout button over at uh, andysocial.net on the PayPal button there. Um, it could also be, oh guys, I don't know what's going on today. Um, it could be buying some merchandise via the uh, online store over at andysocial.net. Um, it could be something really simple like a message of encouragement or a guest recommendation or a bit of social media love, you know, that... The, liking, retweeting, tagging, commenting, all that shit. Um, it means a hell of a lot. It's it just the tiniest of things help move and gain momentum 
create momentum around this podcast and uh, the podcast's success uh, to date is because of all these little things that you folks do for me. So thank you so much to everybody that does the little one percenters. Um, they mean a lot. So this week's shout out is for Paul Thornhill from Longreach in Queensland. Um, Paul... Paul um, has given me a beer shout um, and uh, just flung me a couple of dollars and just basically just a nice little message to say, keep up the great work and cheers from Longreach. And um, I had no idea anybody from Longreach was listening to this podcast. I think I, there's, there's a couple of guys from Mount Isa and I think I've, shout, I've done a shout out for somebody from Mount Isa in the past. But um, either way, I mean, Mount Isa and Longreach aren't exactly close together, but you know, they're still several hours apart, I think. But um, either way, Longreach is right up uh, sort of, what would you say? It's, it's, it's not even central Queensland. It's like central North Queensland or is it central, is it central Northwest Queensland? Is that even a, a, a great description of a location? Probably not. It probably contradicts itself. Anyway, Longreach, um, go and look it up on a map. Um, Paul is giving me a beer shout, a little message of encouragement. Thanks, Paul. Um, and I have not been to Longreach since I was a little kid, uh, so I've got no idea what it's like out there. I don't even know if there's any bands out there. I didn't even know there was podcast listeners out there. I'm sure there are. Um, but just stoked that there's people listening in our regional centers. Uh, it means a hell of a lot, and I'd love to be able to reach more people. If anyone's actually got any ideas of how to reach more people in these regional spots, um, hit me up. I'd love to get creative. Um, I'd love to get out there and uh, and have a chat to people and and just get some more listeners from these from these areas. And I've I've, I've probably got some ideas just in the front of my head now. But um, yeah, hit me up. I'd love to brainstorm with some people and maybe. Uh, Make it make a little project out of it. So yeah, if you're feeling creative, hit me up. Um, but anyway, sorry, Paul. Um, Paul, when you hear this message, shoot me a message. Shoot me a message. When you hear this message, shoot me a message. Oh, guys, when you hear this, shoot me a message, Paul, and I will send you out some stuff in the mail. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff lying around, and it'll just be a little thank you pack. Uh, we all love getting something in the mail, so um, make sure you shoot me a message when you hear this. Thank you, Paul. And thank you to everybody that continues to support this podcast. Now, also speaking of shout outs, cause this is just a big shout out podcast. Um, people have been buying from the andysocial.net slash buy stuff page. I have links to the Lord online store, Dominus, uh, online store, the Andy social online store. I've got my eBay and Discog stores there as well. Um, lots of different ways to support me and get some goodies from it. Um, the eBay and Discog stores in particular, are all my personal items. Um, eBay has some of Jess's stuff on there as well. So um, make sure you go over there and check it all out. There's an eclectic bag of mixed goods in there. So um, go and have a sticky peek if you're curious. But um, anybody that goes and buys, especially from eBay and Discogs, and just lets me know via the message when you order that um, you heard me crap on about this on the podcast, um, please yeah, include that in your message and I will uh, include some extra goodies in your order as well because it's the least that I could do. But a few quick little shout outs. Flick over the page. Here we go. Just continue on this bloody long list. Um, Brie from Adelaide um, in South Australia, Damien from Ringwood, Victoria, and I'm going to keep this short and sweet this, uh, this episode. Barbara from Surat in Queensland. Um, I don't think I've ever been to Surat. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, thanks folks. I uh, really appreciate the uh, support and buying crap off me, um, decluttering my house, passing good items onto good people and getting a little bit of coin for it in exchange always is a plus as well. So thank you so much, folks. It means a lot. And uh, once again, antisocial.net slash buy stuff. Go and have a sticky beak. Thanks. 
Episode 179 of the podcast is with Ralph Sutton. Ralph is the co-owner of Gas Digital Studios. Um, This is one of several episodes that I recorded at Gas Digital in New York. Uh, Last week, you would have heard my chat with Luis J. Gomez, who's the other co-founder of Gas Digital, and Ralph is the other one. Um, And next week, I've got some more guests on uh, that I've recorded at Gas Digital as well. So stay tuned. Um, But Ralph's a radio personality, a podcast personality, a writer. you may remember him from two of us, um, but also the SDR show, which is on the Gas Digital Network. Um, and uh, he's hosted a bunch of events such as the MB uh, Rock Festival, Ship Rocked, etc. He's written for Metal Edge, so- Social Underground. He is a personality in the rock and metal world. And so you may have seen him pop up in a whole range of different things out in the media over the last couple of decades. So I got to sit down and have a chat to Ralph. And Ralph, along with Lewis, are the brains behind Gas Digital. But this all started in Ralph's apartment. Now, we're getting fairly deep into the whole Gas Digital world and podcasting and things like that. And I'm just, for me personally, doing podcasts for the last several years, um, walking into the studio, I was just in awe. Like I just, I was completely amazed at what these guys have been able to create. And to be able to have a professional podcast studio, they had multiple rooms there and they've got another room at another site. And to be able to do this in one of the most expensive cities in the world, um, it's just incredible. And it just, it showed me what the possibilities are. And although Australia is really, really different to the US as far as uh, the popularity of podcasts, it's certainly getting better and it's continuing to build. So for me, it started planting a lot of seeds. I came home very inspired and I've started putting in some groundwork to um, to do some things myself here in Australia over the coming years. So um, I was certainly inspired chatting to Ralph. Um, Ralph certainly opened my mind up to a lot of possibilities and you guys get a, um, I think probably get a little bit inspired listening to this. Um, so um, I'm not going to crap on too much. I think there's a lot of podcast talk that can be had um, in the upcoming episodes. You guys are going to see a lot of stuff come from me personally, but um, definitely check out Gas Digital. I think they are really showing a lot of people what the potential is. And yes, there's a lot of podcast networks out there, um, especially in the US, but all over the world now. It's becoming more popular. They're being bought by large corporations now. People can see that there's a lot of value in podcasting, but Gas Digital are doing it in a really cool way. And so Ralph will explain this in in this chat anyway. Um, Go to gasdigitalnetwork.com. You'll be able to see all the shows that are under their uh, network umbrella. Um, shows such as the SDR show, which is hosted by uh, by Ralph. Um, also, um, Legion of Skanks, The Justice Show, I Want to Talk, Irish Goodbye, Believe You Me, The Real Ass Podcast, um, heaps of stuff. So go to gasdigitalnetwork.com. Um, heaps and heaps of shows there to go and check out. But um, go and, uh, you can check out more from Ralph by going to imralphsutton.com. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram by uh, searching I am Ralph Sutton, but as always, I'll have all the links in the show notes over at andysocial.net and you can click through on your podcast player and all the links will be in there. So enough waffling on from me. Please enjoy this really, really cool chat in New York at Gas Digital Studios with Ralph Sutton. I was talking to Bobby earlier. He said that you guys have only been set up here for a few months. Since May. So yeah. what is that now? Like eight months. Yeah. It was in my house for uh, the first year and a half. So obviously this has expanded. It's bigger now. But I can't imagine running a podcast network out of someone's Yeah. Home. When it started, it was very simple. There was going to be four shows. Yep. One was mine. Yep. One had only one person on it. 
So then there was really two other shows, and those two shows were once a week also. So two of them were on Wednesdays and two of them were on Mondays, and that was it. So it wasn't a big deal. It really was kind of easy. And then uh, you fast forward a year, a year and change, and now at the time I think it was 16 or 17 shows. Also, there was just one producer. You know, the same producer was doing all four shows. And then it just got really crazy. At one point, I remember the day that I realized I got to fucking stop this was we probably moved in here a year prematurely. You know, probably oh, really? couldn't afford it the way we should have afforded it. Like, it, it really put a stress on the company because um, because I couldn't take it anymore. I, I don't mean to be rude, but they're fucking animals. They really are, you know? <laughs> and I'm the oldest person here, right? And I'm the one that has had more life experience, I guess. So I like my house clean. I don't, I like the, the example, sir, someone stole a television monitor once, okay? <laughs> um, one time they shoved a towel. I don't, still don't know, no one's admitted to these things, yeah. into the toilet and then closed the toilet seat. I think they were probably high and thought it was hilarious, you know? And then one time I just am sitting on the couch and I hear water running. I'm like, this is weird. I'm here by myself. Like, what the fuck? And I go to the bathroom and they just left the faucet on full blast. And I call the dude. I'm like, dude, why would you leave the water running? He goes, I'm sorry, I was in a rush. I'm like, <laughs> how much time did you save? By leaving the faucet this on. Milli- millisecond. Just, and that's what's yeah. going to make you late. Like, <laughs> so crazy. But the day that I decided, okay, I can't do this anymore, was I was on a date with this girl I was fucking crazy about. And the last show was supposed to be over at 8.30 or yeah. 9. So I'm coming home at 11 o'clock at night. And I walk into a room full of people. And I was like, well, what's going on? I go, oh, we decided to do a bonus show. So what? first of all... Ask me, you know, but then the girl thinks I'm bringing her in to be raped. You know, oh. there's nine guys in the apartment, you know. <laughs> so that was that was the day I called Lewis the next day and said, we, we got to get this fucking out of my house. And I just made it my full-time job to find a place. And nobody thought we could find what we were looking for. Everyone's saying, you know, it doesn't exist or you're at, you want to pay too little money or blah, blah, blah. It's not going to happen. And also we're a new company. We're only at the time, we were less than like a year old. So we don't have the credit rating. Mm-hmm. To uh, acquire a, 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 a good lease, you yeah. know, oh, okay, yeah. you know, you need to. Usually, you have to. Have, there's a there's a formula that they use mm-hmm. that, if, let's say, in for residential, I forget what it is for commercial, but for residential, it's like forty times. So you have mm-hmm. to be making forty times your rent. So if you if it's a thousand dollars a month, you have to be making forty thousand dollars a year, or they won't rent you the apartment. It's a pretty that in, in in residential, that's pretty much a standard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is in commercial, but there is some sort of like whatever you filed your taxes for. If that's not a, a certain factor to the rent, you're just not going to get it. It'd right? be even worse for commercial. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. There's also longer leases and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I had about I would say realistically ten or eleven different. Agents looking, and I was looking every day, and um, everyone was telling me it wouldn't happen. You're not going to find a place. Um, a couple, of, a couple of agents completely lied to me. We had signed the lease. We paid for the the plans to get designed by uh, an architect, and we had put the deposits on everything. And then my family happens to be in real estate, so just for my own peace of mind, I pulled what's called the CFO certificate of occupancy to just see, make sure that this is legal, and it was uh, registered as a storage unit that people were not allowed to be there. Wow. So I call the the landlord and I say, look, I'm fine with it being illegal, but we need to put an amendment to the, an addendum to the lease that says, we both know it's illegal Mm. and you're allowing, we're both allowing this to happen. Because if not, 
I was going to put in all this money to make it nice and look pretty, and then he could just he could call it. the fucking building authority, get me kicked out, and then sign it, and he got a brand new, he just got everything redone for nothing, you know? And he wouldn't do that, so then we threatened to sue him, and he gave us our money back, and I started looking again, it was crazy, but then this place I found, it was $1,000 a month cheaper than that place, three blocks closer to my house. And all the guys that said I wouldn't find a place for that rent, once I took it, I took pictures of it and sent it to all of them with the rent I was paying and said I found it, <laughs> just to be an asshole. I mean, New York's not the cheapest place in the world as Definitely well. Not. And Manhattan is- Crazy. It, yeah. So I know podcasting's massive in the States, but it's also, it's also one of those things that- it's really hard to create money from. Very hard to monetize. So it just sounds like everything's sort of going against you. For but, sure. But you've been able to, I mean, you walk past on the street, you wouldn't- You wouldn't know. Wouldn't, That's, you wouldn't that was know. part of the magic too. I was looking for something that felt like, I don't know if you know the term uh, speakeasy, or you know what that oh, is? A, yeah, yeah. You know, which is like a hidden place where, because I didn't want something facing the street mm. with a window, like you were like in a fishbowl, yeah, yeah. especially on my show- we do get decent guests. Like mm. we got a couple, like two months ago, we had Ace Freely here, and Ace Freely facing the street oh. with crazy Kiss fans. In an hour, there'd be five hundred people outside looking in, mm. and I didn't want that, yep. you know. And also, people are going to feel more like they have to behave a certain way if there's cameras and you know if there's people in the street. So, I love that it's hidden. Plus, because it's hidden, we're paying a lot less rent. No retail wants this mm. because you're no one can see you. There's right. no signage. So you, you were, we got lucky that I found this place that really, other than like an office space, and it's even weird for an office. Yep. It just, I don't know, before us, there was another media company here. So I don't know what else. The girl next door is a photographer. Like, it's limited use of what this is going to be. So it worked out for us in our favor. It's, I mean... Podcasting starting to get more popular in Australia. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've got a small population in general. So, is there nine people living there now? Yeah, no, I think we may have just got to ten, <laughs> okay, maybe. Cool. Yeah, but um, it's it was it was eleven, and then Steve Irwin died. It dropped down, right? <laughs> yeah, those damn stingrays. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I mean, it's you can see where it's going. You can see that there's popularity there, and there's potential business opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so, at least from my point of view, and I've been doing podcasting not as long as you guys, but like for about three and a half years. That's good. So you, you were early to the game, especially for Australia. Definitely. And I'm sort of looking at going, okay, so how can how can you make it a long-term thing? How mm -hmm. can you turn it into some, something that's sustainable and viable right. instead of just this passion project, hobby sort of thing that sort of scratches a niche? And you sort of look at the, what, what you guys have done, and it's, it's really interesting because there's probably there's probably opportunities in Australia to do something maybe on a smaller scale because mm -hmm. I mean you guys aren't huge but you're you're still significant you and yeah. you're doing really good things and I, Lewis was just talking about how many subscribers and and people that are tuning into the individual podcasts and obviously collectively as a network right. you've got that attention there yeah so it, it's funny because um I came from radio I did yeah. radio for for most of my adult life and I had a show that a rock radio show that yeah. was on like somewhere between 80 and 90 stations at, the, at its prime I like to say 100 because it sounds better, but somewhere Rounded between up. 80 and 90. And um, we had we weren't on in the big, big markets. Like New York City is the number one market in the country. The tour bus? Tour bus, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And um, so we were on ancillary markets. Like So instead of New York, we were on New Jersey. Yep. We could still be heard in New York, yep. but we were on, you know, the, the, it uh, emanated from Jersey. Or instead of being on a Chicago, we were right outside of Chicago, you know? So we had none of those main market stations. We were in the markets surrounding them. And when you collectively put in those 90 stations, 
that were not the most desired station, but you sell them as a unit, mm. I had 300,000 people listening to me every weekend, right? So then you can go to advertisers and say nationwide, there's 300,000 people listening to the show, and you can start commanding uh, a higher dollar value as opposed to going to each station and saying, hey, there's 10,000 people that yeah. listen here. But when you add them all up, it's something. And so I had that idea way back when that we should do that model. I didn't even know what a, a podcast network was yeah. at the time, but let's get four or five like kind shows that have 10,000 listeners each and then we'll sell it as a, as a brand. Because at the time, Lewis and I used to talk, I would him and I would share ideas. And mm-hmm. I, we were both at the time, I think we had like 5,000 or uh, 3,000 listeners each. I was like, I would be, I can't believe somebody wouldn't spend money. So what I started doing was like going to local strip clubs or local like rock, like get guitar centers and saying, hey, I'll mention you on the air. Here's our demographics. And I, I was getting $20 a spot or $30 a spot, but it was enough to cover my costs mm. at the time. And I looked at it very differently. I used to get shit for this on the Reddits, the podcasting yeah, yeah. Reddits. Because I, and when I was, now there's like 200,000 people in that Reddit. When I was there, there was 2,000. It just like kind of became a thing. And I remember getting shit on because I asked how are the best ways or what are the best ways to monetize your podcast? And they're like, fuck you, monetize your podcast. You're supposed to want to do it for free. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want, yeah, I don't want to do it for free. I want (laughs) to fucking make money at this. So we looked at everything very differently, trying to figure out how to make money at it. And the best part is the last three years in a row in, in, in America, the amount of money spent by advertisers to podcasting has year over year gone up over 200% each year. Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the next thing. There is. What's going to happen, though, is at some point the government's going to step in and fuck up everything. But right now there's there's no really governing. Like when I was on radio, there's a lot of FCC regulations, what you can say and not say. Mm. There's nothing now. You can say whatever you want. And that's, that's the brilliance of podcasting. Well, I've definitely seen some regulations coming in within sort of the podcast world Mm -hmm. as far as uh i think it might be more around data and things like that so but i think that sort of goes into another another world altogether but um it's just one of those things where you know when you've got the united states which is what 12 people yes a a couple couple of extras there um you only need a, a small percentage Right, you just need there's 300 million people in America, yeah. right? So if you can, if you're if you have a podcast, and it's funny, Lewis uses this analogy a lot when he had a thousand people listening yeah. every week. He said, if I showed up at a at a uh, venue and every time I showed up, a thousand people showed up, you are the king of the universe, That's you know. It, yeah. But in the podcasting space, like who gives a shit? Yeah. But uh, we looked at it as like, no, these people really care, yep. and it's that I would I use this term I made up a couple years ago was on um. Fox News, and they were talking about the difference between a podcaster and a radio guy, because I was doing both that had me on as like a panelist. And I say that radio is a passive listener. It's on in the car. It's on in the background. background, You don't really think about it. But a podcast, you've downloaded an app. You've searched the term. You subscribed or pushed play. You went three or four steps in to make that happen. You fucking care. What's going on right now with that with that person? So it's a farm like a thousand podcast listeners is probably worth a hundred thousand radio listeners. And and like Lewis was getting into sales mode before, and he was talking about just converting people. Mm-hmm. Your your percentage of being able to convert podcast listeners is so much higher than oh, for radio sure, because yeah. there's the intention there. They're already yeah. there for a reason. So whatever you're about to say or potentially give them an opportunity to upsell or whatever it might be you're going to have such a better conversion yeah. rate. We had um, a uh, an advertiser on recently, and they saw a 10 times conversion 
for so for every dollar they got back ten. So now they're like basically, hey, we just want to write you a check. You know, whatever, just tell us what to do. We've had a less success. It's still good, but our subscription subscriber rate is at about one percent. And I would like to get that to, to I think we can go to three to five, yep. but we've had a lot of, you know, because we're, the, the, there is no script here. We're figuring it out as we go. And my closet is filled with thousands of dollars of failed experiments because <laughs> we didn't know how to make things work. So we yeah. try things. And, you know, our, the, the fans that are still subscribed that have put up with all this shit, I'm amazed. Like, I'm so thrilled about those people. But I think that we are probably a couple of months away from having all of these problems, at least for the most part, ironed out. And then I think once I can start saying to people, look, I bet you you can have a pleasurable experience doing the premium membership with the with the RSS feeds and with the, with the, with the stream and the HD, all that shit working, and we're going to just start marketing specifically to anyone that is unsubscribed in the past two years, I think we'll bump that up to 3 or 4% uh, pretty quickly. He- You'd have to go through all that shit first in order to be able to work it out anyway. Yeah, you so want problems. You really right. do. You want fucking problems. If you don't have problems, you are not pushing the envelope forward. That's all it is. Well, you just haven't you haven't seen the problem that's right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Like that too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just that I am not happy unless we're pushing forward. And I tell we have weekly meetings every Monday, and I tell the producers, if you're content with your show, then you're not a good producer. Mm. You should be always looking like, what can I do to take this to the next level? What can I do to make it funnier or sound better or look better? What can I do to engage more more audience? There's always there's always going to be something. Yep. You know, unless you're fucking Joe Rogan, who also still he still goes at like he tr- put out the tweets about maybe getting Kanye West, you know, because he knew that would go viral. He's only doing that to engage his fans and get more interest. There's no other reason to do that. Yeah. So even at that level, the number one guy in the universe is doing the same thing we're all doing. But and the good thing about podcasts is like, and he's probably a good good example. He's he's the example when everybody talks mm-hmm. about podcasting anyway. But if you listen to him, he sort of craps on about all the things that go wrong on their podcast. Yeah. And he always says he goes, I've got no idea. Like I've got no idea what I'm doing. Right. And it's just as it works, then we sort of lock it in and we just keep going. We just had one of our uh, one of our shows, Tim Dillon, was on yep. uh, Joe Rogan last week, and I heard the beginning. He was like, ah, I don't think it's starting. Oh, is it starting? What? Is it starting? Yeah. Ah, I guess it's starting. I'm like, well, that's great that to know that at that level, one of my favorite things that happened was that these, um, you know, there's no video here, but you're in the mm. Gas Digital Studio, these little boxes that are right in front yeah, of us yeah. for the audio listener. You can plug in your headphones. There's a cough button. I'm going to use it right now. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> right, and there's um, uh, HDMI to plug in a computer, yeah, or charge your phone, and then volume, mm. and it has our logo on it. Right, perfect. We put up a video of this online, and his producer, Joe Rogan's producer, reached out to us and said, "Where the fuck did you get those things?" And then I sent them a link, and they had them made for their table. Man. So I, that to cool. me, that's like, wow, we really did something here. It, I mean, it just goes to show how much ground still needs to be covered. Like oh, people, for sure. Everybody's work, even the top of the top of the pecking order still is trying to work it out. Yeah, it's because it's, it's such a new, it's 15 years old, yeah. you know, compared to TV, which is 50 years old and radio, which is 100 years old, whatever it is. I mean, we are so new here that everyone's still just trying to figure it out. That's probably why podcasting is popular anyways, because there's that genuine aspect where it's not, 
it's not the slick radio disc jockey sort of thing where it's right. like everything's way too polished and segmented. Podcasting is just this train wreck. Yeah. And, and people can relate to it more because you listen to a couple of people or multiple people all just having a conversation, seeing where it goes. I had a freak out on my show not that long ago. We had uh, a comedian, Nick DiPaolo, on, yep. who I'm really a big fan of. And I had been working so hard to set up every person's show. It was like one of the first weeks we were here. And I was like, all right, so now today's my, because I was still doing my show at home while I was helping everyone else get set up, yep. you know? And then it was the first time to do my show, and they just fucked up one thing after the other. <laughs> and I lost it. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, I made sure every other goddamn show, and in front of, this is live, <laughs> Nick's never done the show before, and he's looking like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? And, but that's a thing that p people love seeing sh that's it. shit like that. That's it. I mean, that's that's what keeps people subscribed or tuning right. in each and every week because just don't know what they're going to get. Yeah, if it's perfect polished thing every time, then listen to radio because that's well, that, what you get. That goes back to that po passive thing. Yeah, exactly. Well. Then it becomes less engaging. You, you've had your foot into the rock world a fair bit over the years. My basically since I'm uh, eighteen. So. Has that helped with the podcasting as far as that network of people and sort of blending in those worlds together? Because, I mean, music, I think music's been a bit, little bit slow. Especially rock music, yeah. Oh, big time on the uptake when it comes to podcasting. But obviously, you know, you've been able to sort of blend the worlds together and, and have some successful podcasts off the back right. of it. I think that uh, it's from the, the negative, mm. I'm, you know, my... Uh, wheelhouses, even though I'm always looking for new bands. I'm yep. a big fan of trying to find what's the new band that's going to excite me, yep. you know? Um, my wheelhouse is that 80s and early 90s rock. That's where my, that was my radio show, whatever. So unfortunately, I feel most of my fans from that era of tour bus don't even know what the fuck a podcast is, you know? <laughs> they couldn't care less. In the beginning, when we first started the show, I, I was doing both for a while, and I would promote yeah. my podcast on my radio show, and I would see some reviews of people saying, oh, cool, I, I listened to Taurus, now I'm listening to the SDR show, but it was an infinitesimal amount, just because mm. I think most people do not know. Where it did help is in the first year of guests, were basically just all people that I knew from, from radio. Makes it easier. Yeah, and what I would do a lot is like, okay, so come do the tour bus, because that's the thing they wanted to do, and then while you're here to hang out, we'll do another interview for my for my podcast and very often be like well what the fuck is a podcast is like five years ago i was like no just come it'll be fun you know mostly while you're, here, whatever. while you're here whatever i knew i knew the guys so it was easy and it was also made it you know when before podcasting became a thing like i the reason why it's called the str show not the str podcast was because when i was naming it i'm like i'm embarrassed to call it a podcast <laughs> five years ago it was embarrassing now you hear podcasts be like oh yeah if i tell someone i'm in radio they're like what you know, you mean you mean like you know, Sirius XM or I'm like, no, no, like terrestrial radio. People are like you still, who does that? Yeah, but yeah. now when you say podcast, like, oh, cool, podcast, that's awesome. Like everyone knows what that is now. Five years ago, they did not. So it's nice to see that integration to where now most like my mom listens to podcasts. You know, I think that's it's sort of like that Facebook thing when your parents or grandparents start to create accounts mm -hmm. and you went oh fuck here we yeah, go yeah exactly <laughs> things are changing things are changing like i mean the number one shows on on podcasting are npr shows yeah you know yeah. and that's mainly skewing older so yep. it shows you the pervasiveness of podcasts one thing that i i struggled with when i started this podcast because i play in a band and mm -hmm. so for me there's a little bit of this strategic cross-promotion sort of opportunity mm -hmm. i thought I like the idea of doing a podcast and I can just talk shit and see where it goes, but it can be like this indirect soft way of promoting the band in the background. Right. So they go, oh, I like that guy. What else does he do? That's what every comic on the network does. But 
in my head, I thought, well, we do all right as a band. We've got a good fan mm-hmm. base. We're that band that's heavily influenced by 80s metal. So we're very so much Iron Maiden, Judas mm. Priest, Queensryche, all that sort of stuff. And that's our demographic. And so when I launched this podcast and started to get a few weeks into it, then I'm expecting the numbers who are fans of the band to come just, over oh, straight over. No, no yeah, way. Same at all. thing. No way. And I thought, okay, well, it's probably just me. Yeah. But you kind of think you have to convince people. And I think just stere- overly stereotyping here, but our key demographic were those 80s rockers, those right. 80s metalheads. They don't know no. from a podcast. And so it's it's commercial radio and, you know, or their CDs or their vinyl. They're still complaining about CDs. Right. They, they, they can't get their bonus tracks anymore. But, yeah. you know, what's funny is that a friend of mine got a write-up in a, a really respected magazine. I forget which magazine it is. But let's just say it was Esquire. Like, yeah. I forget what it was. Yeah. About his podcast. And I was like, holy shit, dude. How did that do? He goes, it made no difference. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, because if you're still reading a newspaper... You're not listening to podcasts, yeah. so it makes no fucking difference. <laughs> and that's exactly what he saw, no difference in it whatsoever. So like we had the Jersey Shore cast on. And I'm like, oh my God, Jersey Shore, number one fucking show on, on MTV. This is going to blow the fuck up. But I was like, oh, if you're still watching network television, you're not listening to podcasts. Yeah. And that's what it is. you know. But speaking of uh, metal guys, on, on my show this Wednesday... Um, we have uh, uh, the the three tremors. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which is Ripper, Ripper the guy from Jag Panzer, and I forgot who the third guy is. Oh, but I can't yeah, they're yeah. coming in to do the show. And even though I'm a fan, I feel that most people don't know who the fuck those guys are. You know, they know Rob Halford. They yeah. don't know that a couple of albums was with this dude Ripper, it's loosely based uh, the Rockstar movie soundtrack, yeah. whatever. But <laughs> so we're doing these things. I was trying to come up with like unique things. So we're doing something called uh, Metalize My Childhood. And we have all these karaoke versions of television theme songs from when I was a kid, yep. like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air nice. and the Golden uh, Girls and whatever. I saw you. I saw your Instagram post oh. with the yeah, with the, the Fresh Prince. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they're all going to come in and do metal versions of those songs. Oh, mad! Yeah, that's cool. And it should be fun. Well, in SDR, one of the really cool things, and I think it works, doesn't work for everybody, but what you guys, you've got those running questions in each episode. Yeah, yeah. So your firsts, and I think that sort of helps a lot because, especially for musicians, I mean, for my podcast, I just find anyone that I find interesting, like I'll just get them on. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I've got no clue about the field of work or the industry or whatever it is. I ask a bunch of fucking dumb questions mm-hmm. and I embarrass myself, but I kind of think that I'm... I'm the champion leading the flag in for everybody else. For morons across the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, bring them all together. (laughs) But I've steered a little bit away from being on the media lists for, you know, tours and artists Mm -hmm. and new albums and all that sort of stuff because you're on that media list where you've got 20, 30, 100 people Mm -hmm. all asking the same questions. Right. And if you're that last person, you're fucked. You've got no, no, no chance whatsoever. And so with musicians, I think a lot of musicians are still trying to get their head around what podcasts are because they're expecting to walk in and say, well, how's a new album or how's right. a tour? Like, how's this album compared to the last album? Blah, because blah, blah. the same generic stupid questions. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And so they come in sort of just not engaged. They're sort mm-hmm. of just going through the motions and not taking it seriously. And I think that's where you have to be really creative as you mm-hmm. just use that example of how do you, how do you sort of snap people into it and really get right. them in the moment. It's funny is that that was what you just described, that media list is when I started realizing 
how unimportant radio is. So one of the things I used to host is this thing called the M3 Rock Festival, yep. which is in um, Maryland, not yep. that far from here. And I did it for like five years. And then in behind the stage, anyone that's ever done media, will t- behind the stage, in the backstage area, there's like this radio, radio row, like radio tent. And it would be like five or six or seven different radio stations or media outlets yep. from the most important to the least important, uh, closest to the stage, obviously. The most important because how far down are they going to go? That's right. You know, the more popular they are, maybe the Get first exhausted. two. Right, yeah. but the, you know, the younger bands will go all the way to the end, yeah. but you're lucky if they still are there by number three. Yeah. And for years it was whatever the local radio station was, and then it was my show because we were on 85, 90 yeah. stations. And then over the years, I remember we went down to the third and then the fourth, and then the year that we were the last, like the last, and then the others were all podcasts. I was like, ah, okay, maybe I should start looking into what this is exactly, and changed it when I started realizing. And then also, I always was well aware of bands being asked the same fucking questions. Mm-hmm. My opening question always to bands to just, when I was doing radio, to jolt them into uh, right, what's going on here was, okay, here's the first question, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Which one of you guys has the biggest dick? And then they're like, what? Like, all of a sudden, I'm very confused. Oh, where am I? Yeah. yeah, like, what's going on here? And it would always bring them into, like, paying attention to whatever was going to happen. Yeah, I think that's certainly been on the receiving end when you're putting an album out and you you get the list of email interviews or you, you do the phoners and whatever, and it's the same sort of people asking those same questions over and over again. And it gets, you can feel it yourself where you, you, you don't even know who you're talking to. Right, exactly. And... As a listener or a reader or a fan or whatever, and you're listening in, you go, well, that, there's nothing here for me right. whatsoever. What's the point? What's yeah. the point of tuning in? For me with radio, though, the, the only problem was that at the time, because this is when radio got really fucking corporate and strict, it's mm. like, we had three minutes to talk to a band, right? So if we t- our, our regular mic breaks had to be about a minute, yep. and then our interview breaks were three minutes. We could do two, and there was three minutes before the new song. You know, you'd come out of a classic song, three minutes into the new song, and then three minutes and say, all right, thanks, and that's it, right? Even if you taped a 40-minute interview, Doesn't that matter. was it. You're, you're those errors. So you ha- if, if you didn't put in the information about the new record and the new tour, then the publicist would be pissed, the management would be pissed, and you wouldn't get that next interview. So you were kind of like chained to at least... 80% of that interview was already filled in with the details that you you had to interject, and you're lucky if you got 20% of fun in there. Well, I think that's a good thing about podcasting is that you don't even have to do the plugs. You don't have to do the hard plugs. Right, you can exactly. and whatever, but it's not. It's more organic, and it's sort of after the fact. Some Someone enjoys a, a conversation where it just fucking goes off on a million different tangents. Yeah, for sure. And then they go, I like that guy. What's he do? Yeah, exactly. It's important. It's important, too, and it took me a while especially when I was doing both, Mm. to have that one-break-one-thought radio mentality versus that, okay, even now I struggle with it sometimes, where Jay will want to go on a tangent, my co-host of, like, funny, and my head is always, because I did it for 18 years, oh, no, we got to bring this back to the topic, which sometimes you have to, but now I try, and sometimes I fail, but I try to just let the funny happen, because we, we don't have uh, three minutes. We have an hour. And if we had an hour, in, for, for the first year and a half, I stopped the show at an hour, exactly an hour, because that's how my mind worked. But now we go an hour five, we go 45, we go an hour and 20. I don't care as much. I just try to keep it as close to an hour as possible. It's also more for, I feel bad for the producers and I feel bad for the staff. I don't want them to have to wait till midnight to go home. You know? Yeah, and I think that's been a really good thing for me 
learning as I go because I've never had that background in radio. Mm-hmm. A little bit just sort of music, and I guess there's little aspects that sort of translate over. But for the most part, you sort of just you talk and talk and talk and talk, right. and then you're like, "Oh fuck, we're at an hour and a half," mm-hmm. and oh okay, so let's awkwardly try and wrap this up. Um, but over time, you start to find that momentum and that groove along the way where you can you can start to sort of really sort of edge in what 45 minutes or an hour right, is. Right, sounds like it. Yeah. And even now, like, I have a an app on my phone that um, lists, like, I, I keep a track of whatever's going on. It's like, oh, these are the 10 stories that I know I want to bring up this week. And in my mind, I mentally say to myself, oh, that's going to be a five minutes, that's going to be three, that's going to be 10. So I know where I'm at. I'm at 35 minutes, and then we'll just fill the rest with whatever. So I have an internal clock very easily when I know how we're going to be to an hour. And I do it very... I also can tell you from years of doing one minute of radio, <laughs> you know, that it's funny. I was on a, um, like, one of these talking head countdown music shows once, like, the top 50 worst rock ballads of oh, all time. Yeah. <laughs> I was a VJ on, on VH1 yep. for a little while. And um, whenever I did it, I would talk in one minute encapsulated thoughts. And they were always like, wait, we, we don't have to edit you. Like, don't why? Do what it. are you doing? It's perfect. I don't have to cut you. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not allowed to talk more than a minute. That's so it. I know. And they, were, they loved me. They had me on like five of them because it was so easy to edit me. But then again, when we go to podcasting, I had to allow myself like now – just fucking extrapolating like crazy because you can fill an hour. That's right. Did you did you ever when you've got that internal clock in your head, if you've ever had that train wreck conversation with especially in podcasting, because you you really are thinking in the moment and you're sort of working working your way through things and you might have little like topics that you want mm-hmm. to cover. But if you've got a what's the nice way of putting it? Just a shit guest right. who answers with a yes or a no. Which just happens to everybody, you yeah. know. Um, thankfully, which I hate to say this, and I apologize to any porn stars that are listening, <laughs> but um, massive porn star yeah, listenership. We have a big porn star relationship because yeah. we've had so many porn stars on. They all listen. <laughs> I get emails from porn stars a lot, but um, most of them are terrible. Yeah. Right? They're they're just not funny. They're not have to be funny, but they're not engaged. They don't have great conversational skills. So in the beginning, Jay and I would try and like dig out stories and try and more than okay yes and kind of you know but then at one point i remember we just had this like look at each other and we started laughing and one day we just decided oh we're just going to talk to each other so <laughs> nowadays that's kind of what happens like if i can tell something's going south joe jay and i will have like a good enough chemistry where we'll just start talking to each other more and we could fill 12 hours together so it's never a problem and if you're in the midst of a conversation with that guest and you can see it happening in real time, at least then you can have that conversation. And if that third person feels like dropping into the conversation, then fantastic. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise, you, you can just sit there and just Yeah, watch. It, it, it's definitely funny because uh, you never know who's going to gel with you or not. Sometimes I've thought coming into a show, this is going to be the worst show ever yeah. and it ends up being hilarious or just fo- so much fun. And some guests that I'm super excited about are not great for whatever reason. And it could just be you're having a bad day, they're having a bad day. I've come to realize for myself that I, more than Jay, I feel, dictate the positive or negative energy in the studio. So I've been really uh, self-aware over the past few months to try and come in in a much better attitude because 
it's generally, you know, we film live at nine at night and we try to always do it live. And I'm here sometimes six in the morning. Yeah. So by the time I'm finally ready to do my show, I just like, just want it to be fucking over. <laughs> so I've now gone, I now try to make a conscious effort every, every uh, day around, every Wednesday around six o'clock. I go home, try and sleep for an hour, shower, and come back with a renewed energy because I know when I'm in a shitty mood, I'm going to bring everybody down. Well, especially if it's video as well, because you've got, you've, you've got a viewership. Yeah who are tuning in and as you said your your mood sort of dictates everything yeah. and there's a lot of sort of unmeasurable stuff that you can't actually pinpoint but it does come down to how you hold yourself and right. body language and stuff like that so if you're slightly off exactly it's actually happened recently I forgot who what guest was but I was like five to seven minutes into the show and I'm like alright I can tell I'm fucking being a piece of shit right now <laughs> So I just kind of like had a, a, a readjustment and then immediately just everything started getting better, you know? <laughs> and it just, it's, it's hard because I am a host here, but more importantly, this is, you know, my life savings is in this yeah. place and I uh, am here fucking every day. I answer every support email. I'm the one answering the phones. I do so much. It's crazy how much time and effort. I've Look at pictures of myself from two years ago. I look 15 years younger two years ago <laughs> because I don't sleep anymore. I just never content here and feel that we could always be getting better and, and doing things better and every problem resides on me because really which shocks the shit out of me that I'm almost 50 the whole staff is is 30 for the, for the most part right why do I know more about computers than all of you you all grew <laughs> up with computers you should be teaching me that's right you know, should be schooling you it's never happened yet I'm explaining everything to everybody I'm the one that's always bringing in the new the new tool that we can try and make everything better. And it's not happened yet once where someone comes to me and it's like, we should do be using this or that we've been doing this this way. This way is so much better. And I'm dying. I cannot wait for that day to happen. Hopefully. Well, there, there's the call to action. Yeah, there's yeah. the call. I don't, I don't know if it will. I mean, in fact, it just, it's funny. It's also because most of the people here smoke pot every day, you know, and uh, they just, you know, it, we, we brought in a certain type of audience. I mean, of a... Uh, employee yep. are all fans of the network so generally they're all drug addicts you know, <laughs> for the lack of better words do you, do you feel that the pressure that you put on yourself is healthy pressure i think so i don't think we would be anywhere look lewis and i have an amazing chemistry because what he's good at i fucking hate doing and what i'm good at he hates doing yep. so it it's symbiotic in a lot of ways you know um I don't think we'd be anywhere near this if it wasn't for my OCD lunacy. Yeah. You know, the the story that 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 quantifies it uh, is that you know I built the, our first studio. I built, I built the computer. I did all the wiring. I did everything. Right. I didn't know. I never built a computer before. But the school of Google and YouTube, you fucking figure it out. And they told me at the time, you're not going to build a multicam HD switching studio for less than 50 grand at the time. It was like, you know, five years ago, four mm -hmm. years ago now, because um, it was just SDR at the time. And I was like, no, there's a fucking way to do it. There's no, you, you're just looking at it from a fucking radio school, television studio. There's ways to do this now. And I found this, the, the thing is called... Um, uh, a Black Magic or a uh, TriCaster. There's a few of these Hard companies, one, yep. and they're, they they start at like seven grand for the shit one, you know, and they go up to fifty to buy a good one that can do five cameras or whatever. I found online some weird Chinese company that it's a card <laughs> that you plug into the computer that does the same thing. Same thing. It came with only Chinese instructions, <laughs> and I used Google Translate. And I was figuring it out a little bit at a time, and the thing cost eight hundred dollars. 
and it worked perfectly. Once once I was done crying for four days <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> it out. Painful yeah, it was really painful. And then their their customer support was hilariously bad English because it was translated from Chinese, and it took a, a couple of weeks to get it to work. But when I finally got it working with the right drivers and right you know uh, compressions and all that other shit, I was like, oh my god! So I just saved us. At least six thousand dollars, if not more, Somewhere and then else. yeah, and it just put that towards the cameras, put that towards something else. So we were able to build that first studio for like eight thousand dollars, you know, which is crazy. It's insane. Yeah. I, I mean, it's as I was saying before, like you know, you look in Australia with podcasting, and like I, lo- I look at this and you think, how can you do something similar? And I think even you guys. Just looking at the model that you guys have created, mm. I think there's still an element of uniqueness that you guys do versus what a lot of other people out there are doing. A lot of them are copying now, yeah. which is funny. Like, no one was doing the premium content versus, like, it was either all premium yeah. or all free. No one at the time was doing the what we were doing, which what we still do, which is you know delayed to to yep. delayed to the release to the to the free side and stuff like that. And I see a lot of people mimicking that now, which is fine. I mean, when we started, Patreon wasn't a thing, mm. you know, so we just kind of created our own version of that, so to speak, to support. Um, I still think there's plenty of places we can get better at everything that we're doing. We're creating a new app because our app sucks, and boy, we made a shit. As I said, we made a lot of mistakes, but. The interesting thing is even where, like say in Australia, we're at the birth of this, even 10, 15 years in, most podcasts, by all accounts right now on, on iTunes, they say there's a million podcasts. That's what we're closing in on a million. And 90% of them, so 900,000, have less than 200 listeners per episode. So now we just got rid of 900,000. There's 100,000 podcasts left. Of those 100,000, if you have more than 5,000 listeners, now you're in the top 5% of podcasts. So that is only now 5,000 podcasts on the planet that have more than 5,000 listeners, which is crazy. But then to get into the top 2%, the, you know, the Joe Rogans, the, the Mark Marins, mm. the This American Life, that's, like, that, that's when you get into the 100,000 or over, there's even fewer. You know, maybe there's a few dozen or mm. maybe a couple hundred. But it just shows you, A, there's no barrier to entry. Anybody can start a, a podcast, which is a beautiful thing, but both also a bad thing because yep. anybody can start a podcast. But when you get to that upper echelon, you are in such an elite group that you really, you know, the world is your fucking oyster at that point. You know, it's crazy because so few people figured out that formula to get that far. Well, and I certainly noticed it because I, I use the, the Apple podcast app. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking of a topic and the same thing with Google and YouTube. Like I use, I use Apple podcasts as YouTube or Google as far as me wanting to find out information or learn yeah, something. So sure. I type a topic in and I'll find podcasts, but the amount of shows and episodes that are- Are on that topic. Well, on that topic, but it's- they, Is it how ended. to get away with pedophilia? Is that what you're <laughs> searching the most? You've, you've tapped in. <laughs> you've tapped in. But it, like a lot of them are out of date now. Like, they're already three, four years old. Mm-hmm. And you look at the show and go, oh, well, maybe there's a more recent episode. No. Yeah, well, people abandon this, they, yeah. yeah when they realize that they nobody go, no. listened, they're like, fuck this. Yeah. What's funny is there's a company, the biggest podcast network that I know is called Podcast One. Yep. And part of their MO is just to throw money at celebrities to do podcasts. Uh, and their podcast graveyard is hilarious <laughs> because these, they, they do it for a few episodes. Either they hate it. Or there's no listeners, yeah. or they can't commit to once a week. But there's so many abandoned shows. Like Snooki did like eight episodes, you know, and uh, Rick from um, 
uh, Pawn Stars, which is right, big. Yep. He did like nine episodes. It just it's just funny to see that graveyard of episodes that are there. Well, and especially from a mindset point of view, when I started, you look around and there's a few other people doing it, you know, in Australia that were doing similar sort of stuff to me, and. You, suddenly you're like, oh, there's a bit of competition there. Mm-hmm. So you start to like, you're a bit self-conscious and you're trying to get a little bit better than them and, and whatever it is. But then, and then like on social media, they're getting a little bit more attention than you are, etc. Mm. And over time, then you realize, oh, fuck, that person hasn't put out an episode in six months. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so then suddenly that, that group just keeps going down and down. And at the moment, I mean, there's still some really good episodes and uh, shows out there, but there's hardly any. In, you know, in Australia, yeah, because a, a lot of them are sort of not. It's so funny because I mean, it's it's a musician thing as well. Um, you know, as far as commitment to the mm. long term, we're sort of looking for that short term thing. Right. And, Everybody wants that. Imme- like, it, I, I equate it to radio, where that first time you talk on the microphone, I remember thinking, "Oh, the world heard me, and I'm going to have yeah. so many new emails and so many new fans." But no, no. it's just not the fucking no, case. Fuck. You know? and it takes it takes a long. Like, and to me, I noticed like. With SDR, it was it wasn't until like the third year mm. that I started realizing, oh, people are actually listening. You know, like when when I first came in here, like my the Con Ed guy recognized me. You know, <laughs> I was like, whoa, really? That's, that's cool. cool. You yeah. know, and those kind of when I was in LA last year, I got it. I actually thought it was a joke. I got into the uh, cab or the Uber. Sorry, it was an Uber, and he was listening to the SDR show, and I was like. What what's Fucking going on? Like zone. what's going on here? He's like he had no idea who I was. It's like where's the hidden camera? Yeah, it was yeah. really weird. That was really fucking cool. Those kind of little things. Then like a few of my brother's ex girlfriends listened to my like things yeah. like that. When I was like, oh, okay, people are listening. But because you get emails, you get tweets. But I'm not a super social media guy, yeah. so I don't really have that direct interaction. Yeah. But I I just focus on trying to make the show as as good as it can be. And you know that that to me. Leaving a good episode when you walk out of the studio, whether it was radio, whether it was, you know, used to be a nightclub DJ and, and, and radio, or any one of those things, when you finish and you feel like you did a good job, and I'm sure same thing with as a band, yep. nothing is better than that feeling where you just know you did good. You know, that's a great feeling. Do you think that the vi- video el- element with gas has helped? I think it, what it is for me is that it is uh, on the forefront hmm. because nobody's doing that. I mean, not nobody, obviously, but a very small very, amount. Yeah. So to be able to have that element, it just, I mean, look, I think it's 95% of our audience is audio only. So the fact that it's just, it's, you know, bandwidth issues for people hmm. that don't want to eat up their bandwidth, whatever. I think just like with, with a lot of things we're doing, I've always just been trying to think of two steps next. Like we were the first um, network to have an Alexa skill. I think we still may well, be one of the only. Yeah, you know? I think you would. <laughs> and uh, I just figured out how to get it done and uh, wanted to have it just to say that we have it. I was trying to put a, which I, I never finished it, but, and it's funny because I still think it's a great idea, but I couldn't get everyone to fucking support me. You know, Bitmoji, you know, those little, yeah, yeah. I had gas moji <laughs> and I wanted to put out the keyboard and it had uh, little f- caricatures of each of us with expressions that we normally say yeah. on our shows. And I couldn't get everyone on board for it. I was like, all right, fuck this then. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But I still think it's a good idea. Watch when it explodes later on. Yeah. You're like, Gosh, yeah, as exactly. Say. Well, it's uh, what's her name, Kim Kardashian. Now, yep. she has Kimojis that made her millions. You know, so I'm not saying we'd make millions, but I still think like, what's the fucking next thing? Like, I just I spent uh, a week. I never got it really working 100. percent And again, nobody wanted to use it, so I stopped. But I was getting a Telestrator to work, which is those. If you ever watch um, football games, mm. when they draw on the screen, oh, and you go like, yeah, I went yeah. here, then we went there, and they circle that. 
there's a couple of shows here that dissect videos. That's uh. what they do. So I'm like, this is fucking perfect for them, but nobody cared. And I'm the only one that cared. I spent all this time and effort. I'm like, all right, fine, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. Look at something else. So we have this new thing now that's on the desk. It's called the um, Stream Deck. And it's a little like keyboard uh, USB that triggers like, you could trigger sound effects or trigger transitions or uh, things like that. And it's just a cool little thing to make their live production easier. And it seems like they're embracing that one. So I'm one for three right now. Well, I think I think with um, the way that bandwidth, I mean, you spoke about bandwidth before, getting easier and easier. Everyone's got like Netflix streaming services right, now. Exactly. People aren't watching normal TV anymore. True. So, and I've, I mean, I certainly am majority audio, but then I started to watch the odd YouTube stream or whatever it is right. and go, oh wow, there's something different about this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's sort of almost years and years ago, there was such a heavy importance put on video and then audio became this, this massive thing and everyone started neglecting video. Now we've started to come back a little bit. Because started, the cost went down too. So what we right. used to do for a long time that I stopped doing, because they never really took off, 360 cameras, yep. right? I put a 360 camera in position four. Yep. So there was three of us on the show all the time for the most part, and we'd stream from that camera. So if you had a 360 viewer, it looked like you were sitting in the fourth chair That's with cool. us. Yep. That was the idea. And I did that for like a year or two, but it just never, no one ever really fucking cared about 360 cameras. So I, it just took, it was such a tremendous effort to get that up and it's a big video. I just like, I right, fine. Again, I tried. It's I'm just always trying something. So I gave up on that. And this is going back into your closet of. Yeah, it's in my closet. <laughs> That's what it is. And there's I'm always, my new one is I want to get the green screens to work in here. It's a weird setup. But I'm trying to figure out, like, I remember looking at the time, green screens were so expensive to get a really nice mm. big green screen. So what I did was I bought a regular uh, retractable blind. And then went out, spray painted it green outside, <laughs> let it dry. It cost me fifty bucks to get a, a green screen because that it was a. Did it work? Yeah, it worked great. Yeah. <laughs> but I now again everything that's everything in my and it's still in my old studio in the yeah. studio house. But here I want everything is supposed to be like top of the yeah. line. We want it. I want people to always come in here and be like, whoa, yeah. like what the fuck is going on here? The amount of time I spend hiding wires, you don't see wires here. It's crazy. Like if you look in there, I'm sorry, you, you know there is no video element to this show, but there's a little white box in the corner yeah. and behind that is all the cabling it was it's all mounted but i hated that you could see it so i built the box just to cover it even like all the wires go into the uh ceiling ceiling, and you don't even see like they're seamless that's a nice fairy lights yeah well that's different those are to to give a an ambient glow that's that's on a purpose but everything else like even on the table i hate that look like because every podcast studio ever was created as a podcast studio, and then they added video. We've done it with video in mind from the beginning. So that's why you don't see those wires. That's why we have these mic stands that come from the bottom up, where every other mic stand goes up and down, and it just blocks your face on camera. And that was very purposeful with this. So obviously you've got visions of where this is all going, Mm -hmm. because you're you're making decisions in advance or preempting where it's going to go. I mean, you've got... You've got three studios. Two here and one in my house, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you've only been here for a few months, but like, what's the future look like for this? What's what's the grand plan? Well, a couple of things I'd like to see happen, and I send out this like uh, email to my business partner and a few of the other, a few other people every once in a while of like my I, my thought process of goals for the next three months, six months, etc. Right. 
the first thing I'd like us to do is I'd like to see us do one scripted show, yep. like an actual criminal style, mm. you know, but not that obviously. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah. something where there's sound effects and it takes a few months to put together oh. and it's encapsulated season. I think that's important. And I don't know if we can, but that would be great. That's number one. Uh, number two, I do like the idea of a live call-in show. Uh, Lewis does it somewhat, but I haven't figured out the technology 100% yet because those units, they're called, uh, from radio, it's called the Comrex. They're like $5,000. And then your radio bill's like a few thousand dollars yeah. a month. But there's, with VoIP these days, yeah. there's going to be a solution to have a six line. Uh, we have six lines, but we've not been able to get it to work right where someone can moderate calls from outside. And just have a, that's my, to have a real call intensive show would be another thing that I would like to see happen. Um, what's crazy is that other businesses have spawned from Gas Digital, mm. which is the merchandising business, yeah. which is now, it's called MerchPump.com. Not only do we sell shirts for all the shows on the network, but we sell for about 10 shows that are not on our network, right? Then we started our advertising uh, department, which we're splitting off into a second business. I mean, a third business, but I like I like the term pod fuel, because merch nice. bomb yeah, pod cool. fuel. Because you're fueling <laughs> your podcast with ads, is yeah, my theory. Very good. But we haven't, uh, so if your <laughs> listeners can steal it, because I haven't, I haven't taken the name yet. But now we sell ads for about uh, 10 or 15 shows that are not on our network, but we're making money for that. And then I started a website called nycpodcasting.com, where there is no branding for Gas Digital whatsoever, and we have a half a dozen people that are renting the studios that don't know shit about what goes on here, but it is a, a premium podcasting studio. So I'd like every one of those businesses to increase by at least 20% come end of summer. So the goal of having about 10 to 15 regular podcasts renting to have another 30 or 40 shows that we're selling ads for, 30 or 40 shows that we're selling um, uh, shirts for, and then to get Gas Digital's membership up to that 2 to 3%, I think those are all very attainable goals for the end of this year. And then the real dream is, look, I don't know how well-versed you are with what's going on in the world of podcasting, but Gimlet Media, which is a very big podcast network, mm. they were just bought by Spotify wow. for $300 million. Oh, and yeah. yes, they're bigger than us, but they're not that much bigger yeah. than us, right? And then um, there's a company called Himalaya that yeah. they are a podcast platform in China worth $700 million. They just gave their New York or, or U.S. Um, counterpart a hundred million dollars in funding to become the next podcast network so there's money now that podcasting is so much on the forefront i feel that there is some sort of potential exit strategy i would still want to keep my show and it's funny i tell all the all the, the hosts here if you think you could come to work and smoke pot every day when somebody puts 50 million dollars in this network that is not going to fucking happen so enjoy it while you can before it lasts yeah exactly i mean it's similar to the software developers you know, you know yeah once that became the rage then everyone was looking for the next one yeah that's it. and they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars for stuff that was worth nothing the day that those those two stories came out back to back Four or five different people that I know that are in that VC, yep. you know, venture capital world, um, emailed me and said, "Tell me about Gas Digital ah. again." You know, and <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sure." They just made me laugh. I was like, "Okay, so that put the fire under my ass where we're putting our business plan together." I mean, this all just happened in the past couple of weeks, so I do see an exit strategy at some point in one way, shape, or form. In fact, um, 
There's a juice company here in New York called Juice Press, which yep. there's 80 locations. It's worth uh, like $80, $90 million, this company. And a friend of mine started that company, and he does a podcast here because he sold it, and he was given a non-compete, so he can't be in retail. So he just wanted to do something, and he asked me to co-host with him. So I do a podcast with him. It's called The Sherpa and the Schmuck. Okay. It's just like a, a food and health type show, which is relatively new, a few hundred listeners right now. you know, But... um. He is someone that is starting to introduce me to VC people because he knows them all because he made fucking <laughs> millions of dollars. So we've had these weird wow. meetings where people are coming in and talking about podcasting. And it's, it's fascinating to me because the truth is it only started a little over two years ago and we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're just kind of figuring it out as we go. And a lot of those guys have got zero knowledge of what podcasting is, right. let alone like radio or anything like that so when they walk into something like this it it has the perception and you guys do compared to a lot of other people but they've got their shit together yeah like and so wow there's there's something legitimate that's hap- that's happening here yeah. i can i can put some money and anybody it. that comes by they they want to be a part of this you know it's like d snyder's on the network yeah. how we signed him was he came to do i mean i've known him for years but he came to do jamie Josta's yeah. show and he came in, I'm like, hey, dude, what's up, man? And he goes, oh, what? He goes, is yours? I said, yeah, it's right. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? And I tell him, <laughs> and I said, I just said to him, dude, A, I want you to do a podcast here, and B, I already have the name. And he goes, what's the name? I said, I want to talk. <laughs> and he goes, God damn it, I really like that name. And then now that's what it's called, and the show's on the network. And I mean, that's popular. It's oh, doing well. Yeah, away. it's really doing well. Yeah, I mean, it's D. Snyder. So yeah. it's not doing as great as I like it to be, but he took like. Uh, Eight weeks off, I think, he because a, he, he had a, a little bit of a, I think it was, I don't know if it was a health issue or what, but he had to stop recording for about eight weeks. So we just ran like, he had a podcast years ago. So we ran some like vintage episodes just so that there's always new content. But he's great on air. I mean, he's so good at what he does. So I think that will be a big show eventually. Do you think that there's opportunity to tap back into that rock world? I think as forward? podcasting is becoming more popular, I think I see I see it happening. You know, like I host this thing every year called Shiprocked, which yep. is a big rock cruise. And the amount of people on that cruise that love my podcast tells me that it's moving that way. Mm. That now we used to do it. We did the show live every night on the shows. The, the cruise is usually five five days. So the first four nights, the last day you get off the boat, we do it. The last thing that would happen every day was at my SDR at midnight. We were the last thing. This year, Jay couldn't go, and the other comic I wanted to come on with me couldn't go. I was like, you know, let me just go as as the host, yep. and I don't need to necessarily do that, and I get to go to bed early instead. <laughs> and the amount of people that were pissed off that it wasn't that happening, it wasn't happening wow. blew my mind. So I'm like, well, that's good to know. And just from the first year to this year, well, we're doing it now th- four years, the podcast, but the amount of people now that I see wearing SDR shirts on the boat and talking about past guests, I'm like, okay, this is moving into the rock space more and more. I, I've got a lot of friends that are down at Monsters of Rock mm-hmm. at the moment. and You know, those bastards, I mean, they're nice guys, but they started as people that worked on Shiprocked. Ah, and so they, then, saw, they saw an idea. Yeah, and they, they they pitched it to the guy that runs Shiprock and said, we should do an 80s cruise, an 80s rock cruise, because uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crue mm. was originally called the Motley Cruise. Right, okay. And then uh, Nikki Six threatened to sue because of the name, so they changed it to Shiprock, and he actually was the guest for the, fir- the, the, well, the headline of the first year, but then they started the Monster Rock. They left and started Monster Rock. Well, I just, um, I'm flicking through social media, and I'm seeing a lot of people down there, and you just think this... There's just so much. And like our band played at a festival in Atlanta called uh, Prog Power. Mm-hmm. And I've been there a few times. And you see how, what's the word? 
that that rock community is so oh, I'm trying to think of a better word than ancestral but it's it just it's so it's so deep and connected mm-hmm. and there's that real sort of community vibe and I think if you can penetrate that yeah it's true then you've got these law lo- it's just the same loyalty that you get with music yeah I, we, we had a non-point on SDR a couple weeks like maybe, maybe two months ago and we talked about what we call the shiprock bump yeah because once you get on shiprock as a band <laughs> yeah those people come see even the ones that weren't on the boat that year but they know that you were a shiprock band they go see you wherever you are that's cool. because that's that yeah you know, that deep knitted community of, of rock and roll. And I think that, yeah, if you can be the podcast that relates to those people, that is a huge resource. And we try to do that. I try like the problem with us is we're live Wednesday nights at 9 PM. It's hard to get a rock band. If they're in New York on a Wednesday night, they're probably playing, Yeah, you know? So it's hard. We try to tape during the day. Sometimes, you know, we had a, this year we had a, you know, we had seven dust. We had a non-point we just had a new band called royal test that's pretty cool came okay. in but um it's hard to get them and it's hard to uh, booking the guests on my show is my number one pain in the ass to just try and get because i don't want to be also the this comics that do the rounds so if they've been on legion they've been on tim dylan they've been on no disrespect all the shows on the network like i don't want to just yeah. bring them on again i want to be the show that finds other people it's a magnet for new people yeah exactly so yeah. I, it's like we lucky we had dane cook on last week yes, who was yeah. huge you know he sold out he's one of 10 comics to sell out madison square garden so i love that he came to new york and did one podcast and it was mine that's cool. so that's a good you know bell you know feather in the cap for us I, that long fucking flight home to Sydney, I'm going to be scheming with my little note, notebook because as I mean, I've been saying it all the way through, so much opportunity and to see this and to walk into it, it's, um, it's pretty inspiring. It's cool. Well, I appreciate it's it. I thank you. And I, would I say this to everyone, like when I started in radio, no one fucking helped me with anything. I had to fight tooth and nail and the same thing happened with podcasting. I had no one to help me, but I am an open book and I tell people all the time, any questions you have, any, how do I do this? What were you using for this? What software for this? Just email me. I fucking answer. Anyone that's trying to do this, I welcome, I don't, I don't look at it as competition. I look at it, the more successful shows that are making a, a name for themselves in podcasting, the better it is for everybody. It's a good place to wrap it up. All right, cool. Ralph, um, where can people find you? Follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. And then, of course, the SDR show everywhere at the SDR show. But uh, don't let your kids listen to that show because it's pretty awful. And then <laughs> everywhere for the company at Gas Digital uh, and then GasDigitalNetwork.com. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me, buddy. Alrighty, folks. Now, you better go and check out Gas Digital. You can go to GasDigitalNetwork.com. All their shows um, are over there. You can check it out. Um, SDR show, Legion of Skanks, Believe You Me, The Real Ass Podcast, I Want to Talk, The Justice Show, heaps of stuff, Irish Goodbye. It's all over there, gasdigitalnetwork.com. Um, you can find most of these shows on your normal podcast player, but if you go to Gas Digital, you can become a subscriber. You get the entire back catalog, all the archived episodes. You get exclusive content. There's heaps of stuff on there. Um, there's a lot of great ideas. If you're a podcaster, um, just even for your own show, or you may want to, I guess, I guess, expand and create your own network, maybe. Hmm. Um, lots of ideas. Um, lots of great ideas if you go over there and have a bit of a sticky beak. So go and check that out, gasdigitalnetwork.com. You can go to iamralphsutton.com if you want to learn a bit more about Ralph, um, or search for I am Ralph Sutton on Twitter and Instagram. But I'll have everything in the show notes over at andysocial.net, or you can click through on your podcast player. There'll be a bunch of clickable links in there as well. So go and check all that out. Support the guys. And um, 
obviously thanks to Ralph um, for his hospitality and, and Lewis's hospitality, but a massive thanks once again to Bobby, um, their exec producer who literally made this happen. Like it literally wouldn't have happened without him. Um, thank you so much for booking everything in, booking everybody in, um, just making it super easy. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to uh, catching up again in the near future. And I forgot to thank this person in the last episode, but thank you so much to Hank. Um, Hank helped out with some of the producing um, on the day with all of the uh, podcasts that I recorded at Gas Digital. So thank you so much, Hank. Uh, really appreciate the the assistance and calming my nerves and making it super easy. Um, Hank's originally from Adelaide, so a fellow Aussie, and he's got his own podcast called the Kickin' It podcast, kickinit.libson.com. So you can go and uh, have a search for Kickin' It um, in your podcast player. So go and check all that out. But uh, thanks so much, folks. A lot of uh, inspiring stuff to take away. I went home on the plane making a million notes and scheming for the upcoming months and years. And uh, I've just got a lot of a lot of ideas and plans and stuff that I've already started to act on, which is really, really cool. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. A few updates before we wrap it up. Uh, anyone that's following the saga of our new album, uh, well, let's just say that we're getting closer to uh, announcing some details. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, uh, we would have announced our Australian tour. So uh, the Australian tour kicks off on the 21st of June, and I don't have the dates written in front of me, so I'm going to try and remember them. But go over to lord.net.au, or you can go to the Lord Facebook page, or Lord Instagram, or Lord Twitter, whatever it might be, and you should be able to find the tour dates over there. Um, But the tour dates off the top of my head are the 21st of June at the basement in Canberra, uh, the 28th of June at the back room in Brisbane, the 29th of June at Badlands in Perth, uh, the 5th of July at the Evelyn in Melbourne, the 6th of July at Jive in Adelaide, and, uh, oh, of course, um, the 26th of July, I believe, at Crowbar in Sydney. So just a really quick run around the country, uh, hitting most of the capital cities. Yes, I've missed a couple, um, but it's just a great way to lead up to the upcoming release of the new album. So more details coming soon, but um, we figured we may as well announce something in the meantime while we wait for uh, some of this release information to be confirmed. But we are getting closer and you guys know the drill. We're excited to share this with you and anybody that's listened to the previews, um, there's 20 plus preview tracks over at Bandcamp. So go and check it out. If you haven't already, um, you'll have a taste of what this album is going to be all about, but this is, oh, you know what they all say. It's our best work to date, blah, blah, blah. I honestly think this is our album that's going to define us as a band. Um, a lot of people will argue that Set in Stone or even Ascendants um, were probably albums that sort of uh, ticked that box. But um, I think this album is going to be um, the album that people will uh, think of us um, in years to come. This will define us as a band. So we're we're really excited to share this with you guys. And um, all I can say is just uh, you know keep listening to what's already out there and uh, just be patient. We're, we're getting there slowly, but I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a lot of a lot of cool stuff with you over the coming months. And also those shows, um, if the album's not ready by then, um, we might have something else in store. Just anyway, I'll leave it at that. Um, self-starter, before I wrap it up, um, as I said at the beginning of the episode and the last couple of episodes, um, I'm looking for a couple of more guests before I wrap up the recording for season two. Um, as always, you book a bunch of people and then not everybody follows through and uh, goes ahead with it. So shit happens sometimes. So I've got a couple of extra spots. If anybody out there knows somebody that runs their own business, has a cool little side hustle, a little way of earning a bit of extra coin, please let me know. I would love to consider you or someone you know for the podcast. And uh, the podcast series will launch 
uh, in the first week of June and will run until December. So uh, really excited to share that second season with you once it gets up and running. Anyway, that's enough. Uh, more episodes coming over the coming weeks. I've been recording heaps. A uh, bit of a backlog happening now, so I need to sort of just keep managing that. But uh, until next week, folks, take care. Keep sharing around. I love you. Bye. Larry. Larry, please.